0: Hello, and welcome to the Harvard Kennedy School Policy Cast, an ongoing conversation about public policy, governance, and global issues. I'm your host, Matt Cadwallader. And joining us today is CNN's chief congressional correspondent, Dana Bash. She's here to give a talk as part of the Shorenstein Center ongoing speaker series. Dana, thanks for joining
1: us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Tell us a bit about your background. What made you want to get into covering politics for a living? Uh, Well, first of all, I grew up in a household that was uh, very
1: focused on TV news. My dad worked for ABC News for 41 years. He was a producer. He just retired a few years ago. My mom, at least as long as I was alive, was not in it, but she that's how she um, She went to school for it. They both went to Northwestern to the Medill School of Journalism. So it was always a part of my life, at least the, the news. I have to admit, I resisted it for a long time. <laughs> As teenagers yeah, exactly. do. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, in large part, my resistance was because, although I thought it was really cool what my dad did, um, it, kind of, it was annoying that when stuff happened in the world that was out of our control, it meant that you know vacations had to change or get canceled or he had to go and and miss soccer games on the weekends. And so I vowed I would never do this. And of course, sort of maybe... Halfway through my freshman year in college, I just succumbed to my DNA, <laughs> so that's how it happened. But he was not um, he 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 was a sort of a, a producer of lots of things. He helped start Nightline and Good Morning America and worked on pretty much every show at ABC through all those years. Um, so he, he 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 I think guided me into this without you know pushing me, which is
0: which is probably how it happened. So it wasn't just uh, uh, political coverage that you got into, but exactly. television in particular. Is that because? of of just your family background or it, well, was there well, something about television you thought was better?
1: Well, television is definitely because of my family background. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I knew. Um, and when it comes to politics, I went to college in Washington. I went to George Washington University and that is definitely where I got the political bug. In fact, before I, as I say, succumbed to my DNA, uh, I wasn't really, uh, and being a television journalist, I wasn't sure, I knew I wanted to be involved in somehow in the political world. And I wasn't sure how. Um, I went to do internships at, I did an internship on Capitol Hill. I volunteered at the White House, that was back during the Clinton days. Um, And I did all kinds of things. For me, the best part about those internships was learning what I didn't wanna do as much as what I did wanna do. And I realized kind of quickly that I didn't really have a burning desire to have a point of view on either side of the political aisle. And I much more like the voyeurism um, and being on the sidelines and being able to understand and and really dive into both sides.
0: Right now, you're the chief congressional correspondent for CNN. How do you effectively cover (laughs) a institution which is really just, what, 541 disparate uh, uh, independent, you know, bodies trying to work together. Mm-hmm. How do how do you effectively cover it, that? It's
1: not easy um, because there are, on any given day, there are potentially a dozen really good news stories. You know, when they're in session, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, you, you just like anything in in uh, in journalism, you have to pick and choose, and uh, a lot of it depends on, you know, what what the television shows that I'm that I'm working for or are interested in, um, but mostly, you know. I would say on any given day uh 75% of the time it's totally obvious what I should be doing mm-hmm. from to me to um to other people to my bosses um but other days there are lots of really good stories there's a an immigration story there's a gun story and then there's a personal story about some member you know making some news um so it's not easy you have to prioritize the good news is that uh, a, I work for a place where we have 24 hours. Um, maybe that's good news and bad news because we have to work work hard. But nowadays, with um, with the internet, with CNN.com, which is which is really a great uh, site for us, we can get news out that we can't normally get on TV. So
0: we have the, the fact that we have multi, multiple platforms is huge. The 24-hour news cycle, a lot of you've just said is a a positive thing. A lot of people have said that, well, it's not so great because, you know, we're we're trying to fill Mm -hmm. all that time with with news stories. And um, a lot of that leads to things like horse race coverage, Mm -hmm. for instance, as opposed to stuff that might have more Mm -hmm. substance about, you know, whatever bill is going through. How do you balance that? How do you balance what, what, you know, uh, viewers might want to see with what, you know, is kind of – you know, I guess the the peas and the carrots mm-hmm. of of news mm-hmm. coverage of the of Congress, mm-hmm. I and
1: mean, it's difficult. I'll just give you an example. Yeah, yesterday I did a story on for the situation we're on CNN about the immigration deal or tentative deal that they have, and I and I actually thought about what you just said, balancing the the to me what is the most fascinating politics, particularly on the Republican side of how of the evolution on immigration reform, but how it's still very complicated for people like Senator Marco Rubio who is part of the team negotiating, but also if he wants to get Republican primary voters if he ever runs for president, he's got to not, you know, anger them because they're not thrilled with this. So I love that. But then I also said, okay, that's great, interesting politics, but I also have to, like, explain what's in this <laughs> this right. bill. Yeah. You know, that the fact that it would be a 13-year path to citizenship, border security. And so, uh, so it's something that, that I just, I can just obviously speak for myself,
0: I think about a lot. And when you're covering Congress, uh, there's been a lot of talk about how, um, you know, the soundbite driven Mm -hmm. political process has kind of led to more divisiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think most people will say that today's Congress is more partisan, more divisive than it has been you know back in say the tip o'neill reagan Mm -hmm. era Um, even though the ideological differences were still you know great Mm -hmm. um do you think that the media has a part to play in that is it significant is it something that uh you know that could be fixed uh do i think that the media have a part in it absolutely but i think that it's just
1: one part of of many different reasons that have gotten us to where we are because I, i think that you're absolutely right that there were philosophical differences that maybe were even deeper in Tip O'Neill's day or, you know, I mean, everyone is seen Lincoln. How do you get more different than that when you, the difference is over slavery and they still figured it out? Um, the, definitely, you know, Abraham Lincoln did not need to talk in seven-second soundbites. Right. <laughs> that helped. Um uh, mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, there are so many things. The fact that, that, that members of Congress have to raise money all the time so they can't get to know each other. I mean, I, I'm thinking about this a lot lately. And the fact that members of Congress really don't know each other on a human level really adds to the device. It's much easier to call somebody out or call somebody names if you don't really know them or know, what, or know where they're coming from, if, even if you disagree with them and there's just less of an opportunity for members of Congress to know each other across the aisle. Most of them don't move their families to Washington anymore. And so they're there two and a half, three days a week. Uh, they don't get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And when they are there, a lot of times, particularly in the House, because they have to run constantly, you know, every two years, which means always, mm-hmm. Running out to go raise money, and every waking moment, they don't just kind of sit back and you know have a beer or or a coke or something, and get to know uh, know one another, and that really has helped corrode the system. There are other reasons which I won't go into because I could I, I could filibuster on that because I've thought about it a lot. But mm-hmm. that's I think that, that, that those are two of the big reasons.
0: You had a recent uh, uh, clip that got a lot of play uh, where you were trying to ask uh, Congressman Woman Bachman uh, <laughs> a question in the hall, and and you had to kind of run after. Um, it, in the segment that was that went up on CNN, you mm-hmm. were speaking with Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. about running that clip, um, mm-hmm. kind of assessing its newsworthiness mm-hmm. versus the fact that you know for a fact that uh, congresswoman Bachman will be able to fundraise off that Mm -hmm. very clip Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and how do you make that uh, assessment whether Mm -hmm. you know it's worth it to to, Mm -hmm. you know it's something that perhaps some people will find off-putting but will Mm -hmm. actually bolster the Mm -hmm. the you know person who's the subject Mm -hmm. of the you know
1: it's look I mean in newsroom look in life but but in this particular case in newsrooms every day you have conversations about how to handle a story, and whether it's newsworthy, and if it is newsworthy, the approach to take, how do you package it, all those things. In this particular case, we had, we did have a really um, long conversation. When I say we, myself, my immediate supervisor, and the executive producer of Anderson Show, and it was a really good conversation, and it was, it was uh, very productive, and we all got it, the fact that. They wanted to ask this question. They wanted to, to. They wanted to pursue this because it was just so, you know, incorrect in what she was saying. Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, but no. Before that, the actual questioning, or, or after both. The, both
1: actually, yeah. both. Actually, both. I mean, I. You know, I said I'm going to go. I'm going to go after her. But you know, we. Every time we go, we go and we press we the quote unquote mainstream media, press someone like Michelle Bachman. She she's brilliant at it. I mean, it's one of the reasons why she's somebody who people you know pay attention to. She uses it to 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 raise money because um, you know for many of her core supporters, the mainstream media asking her legitimate questions is is uh, is off putting. Um, So I think that that I'm glad you brought that up because that is a great example of how nothing is. is uh, every, the, the, everything that we do in some way or another is complex and deserves really important conversations. This one had, you know, had had long conversations, but I think everything we do deserves that kind of uh, tender loving care, so to speak.
0: <laughs> do you find that a lot of the stories that you cover are able to get that TLC? Do you, I mean, they, I imagine with the news no, cycle, you're just... absolutely not. I mean, yeah. let's be, no, no, no. Um, and and some of them
1: deserve more than others. Uh, uh, like you said with the news cycle, unfortunately there are times, and of course I'm trying to think of one but I, I can't right now, where somebody else's competitor is reporting something and they say, can you confirm this, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so the time that I say, I say, okay, everybody take a breath. Let's find out, and, and there have been times where I've found out that it's not accurate or or just a little off, the nuance is off or, or whatever. And that's really important, especially in our you know 24-hour news cycle where everything is immediate and instantaneous and, right. and people are seeing things on Twitter. And just because they see it on Twitter or on a blog does
0: not mean that it's right. You mentioned earlier on about how uh, you had, uh, when you entered the business, mm-hmm. you found that you had really no inclination mm-hmm. to be anything but objective. Mm-hmm. Um, the story over the last 15 years in cable news mm-hmm. seems to have been uh, parting of ways. Right. You know, Fox News to the right, MSNBC to mm-hmm. the left, uh, and perhaps CNN in the middle. But Depending on who you ask, to the right or the left, uh-huh. um, do you think that that's inevitable? Um, in that you know, uh, uh, kind of the media has to kind of push and have a have a bent. No, no
1: I don't think it's inevitable. I think that those were uh, from for their from their perspectives very smart business decisions. I mean, mm. look, we are businesses still, and and they made business decisions to go to the right in Fox's case and to the left in MSNBC's case. Um, CNN's business decision, thank goodness is to stay true to objective journalism and you know this is one of the reasons why i feel you know i pinch myself and count myself as very lucky and that you know in the world of branding cnn is a is a good brand and the brand is objective journalism like you said people might quibble with that but compared to others i mean we and and i can tell you from the inside out we try really hard mm-hmm. we really do to go to go down the middle doesn't mean be boring; it just means be fair um, to both sides, and uh, and so I don't think it's inevitable. Um, you know, I look; there's more room for us. <laughs> there's, I think, why not?
0: Well, Dana Bash, thank you so much for being on PolicyCast. Thank you for Cast having
1: today. me; it was great to talk to you.
0: You've been listening to PolicyCast, a production of Harvard Kennedy School. More information can be found at hkspolicycast.org.